Good morning. Did you know that the most important thing about you is that God loves you? He loved you to the cross and back. And part of his great love is that he gives you a life that matters. You never have to wonder, do I matter? Do I count? You are number one in God's book. And he gives you opportunities every day to live a life beyond yourself. I like to call it a legacy life. This is Sue Donaldson. As you listen today, ask God, show me how to spend today investing in people and your word, because both last forever. There's no better way to live. A friend of mine asked another friend of mine, we were all walking and they two had not met before. And my friend Molly asked my neighbor, uh, do you have any faith background? And I thought, wow, that was such a great question. It wasn't too intrusive. Uh, My neighbor answered very succinctly and mildly and seemed to appreciate being asked about her faith. I'm wondering um, how that sets with you, if you would feel comfortable talking to someone, um, hopefully someone you know pretty well, and say, do you have any faith background? Uh, Today's podcast is um, is about having a deeper faith and Perhaps if you're listening to this podcast, you are already a person of faith and you've been on your faith journey a very long time. I find the older I get, the more faith I uh, realize I still need to grow in. Um, Maybe that's part of maturity. Um, But there's two points we'll cover in today's podcast. First is that faith is a matter of doing what God says. Uh, That may be something that's not very popular, but we find that when God tells us to do something and we do it, it's for our best interest because he loves us so much. So the first fact or um, point is faith is a matter of doing what God says. And two, faith is a matter of living in the unseen. If we want a deeper faith, we can ask God for it. He knows our hearts anyway, so we may as well be honest. I mean, I am closest to God the more honest I am. And I just say, wow, I thought I had faith, but it really needs some uh, work right now. When we ask God for more faith, he will do one of three things, I find. Number one, he will ask you to do something really big. So be ready. It's kind of exciting, but also scary. I guess that's why we call it faith. Uh, Or two, he will allow challenging circumstances to come. That's how we get our faith deepened, that is for sure. Um, And three, he will give you children or someone to love, (laughs) or all three at the same time. And then your faith will have an opportunity to deepen. Last Sunday, our pastor spoke on the feeding of the 5,000. And one of the reasons... um, Jesus did this miracle to feed all these hungry people, and so many, uh, was to teach his closest followers a deeper faith. Because they were saying, hey, how are we going to feed these people? And there's just too many. And even if we had $1,000, we couldn't afford it to uh, purchase the food. And then they ended up with the two loaves and five fish, or the five loaves and two fish, I can't remember which. But it was a very small offering. And so our pastor said, so what is your small offering that you are willing to give to God? So faith has to do with surrender, but also in expecting him to do a miracle. So I, I always love that story because I need to be reminded that no matter how small my faith is and how small my offering is, that uh, God can do something miraculous with it. And when he does, our faith 
is strengthened. We just don't, at least me, I don't like to face all challenging circumstances. I don't want to, to say, hey, there's 25 people coming for dinner and I have only cooked enough for 15. I don't like those challenges. And yet I love the results of the challenges because my faith is deepened for the next thing. And also because I enjoy God better that way. And I just share him more naturally because of who he is and uh, what he's done for me in my life. Um, perhaps you've heard this before. It's kind of funny, but it's a good reminder. Everything I need to know about life, I learned from Noah's Ark. Number one, don't miss the boat. Number two, plan ahead. It wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. And number three, my favorite, stay fit. When you're 600 years old, someone may ask you to do something really big. See, I'm only 70. I have a long ways to go. My favorite is that last one, stay fit. When you're 600, someone may ask you to do something really big. Your life's not over because you're 40 or 50 or 60 or 600. Just ask Noah. So we had better stay fit. Of course, it wouldn't matter if Noah were fit at 600 if he had no intention of obeying God, would it? Part of our spiritual fitness is a heart of obedience. Noah's obedience was a great act of faith. He was told to, big, uh, uh, to build a huge boat in preparation for a rainstorm that had never occurred before. I mean, really, when you think about that. The people of Noah's time hadn't had rain, as far as we know, ever. So to imagine a flood about to come to destroy the earth and all its inhabitants would take a huge amount of faith. Not only to believe it, I mean, it'd be okay if God just said, you know, you just have to believe this is coming. No, he was to act on it. That's the hard part, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I have faith in God. Oh, you mean you want me to do something, Lord, with this? But rather than argue about it, Noah obeyed. And he's listed in Hebrews 11 in the profiles of faith. Hebrews 11.7 says, By faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, prepared an ark for the salvation of his household. Wow. His obedience saved his life and those he loved. Is God asking you to do something really big? I'd really like to know. And if you're too afraid to put it in comments, you can just uh, direct message me and I'll pray for you on that. Yeah, we need each other to help us get through those big challenges that God is asking us to do. Now, I doubt if what God is asking you to do is as big as his command to Noah. If so, you would really be sticking out in your neighborhood. But whatever it is, it's for your good. It's to save lives. It's not to punish us. It's to save lives, yours and another's. My friend Allie's neighbor was dying of cancer, and the woman, the woman is rarely cognizant. And Allie goes over all the time, but she's getting um, worse and worse. Our small group's been praying for her and for Allie to be able to share the gospel with her before the end comes. Now, Allie would be the first one to tell you she is no preacher. She'd rather be cooking for hundreds of people, which she does. But she has obeyed. God has prompted her to go sit at her neighbor's bedside. She has hugged her family. She has shared the good news of the gospel. And last uh, week at Bible study, she, she said, I found out that Anna is a believer. Her obedience helped save a life. Allie will see her again. 
If you want faith, God may ask you to do something really big, like Noah, and you'd better do it because it could save a life, or something smaller, like going to a neighbor's bedside. When we were first married, I, I think I've mentioned this story before, but it's a good one. I got so annoyed when Mark would get calls from patients at home. Uh, at the beginning, I just wasn't used uh, to a man's job being intrusive into the home. But uh, being a doctor's wife, that's uh, what happened. And I, I finally did get used to it. But at the beginning, I expressed my feelings. And I said, you know, this is not, this is not the way it's supposed to be. And he just said, if I don't take the calls, people could die. Well, I hadn't looked at it that way before. His role is that important. He's an internist. And people might feel sick all day, but at night they start making those calls because they get scared. He has an older population for his clientele. And I stopped being annoyed. I just prayed he would really know what he was talking about when called at three in the morning out of a dead sleep. As believers, we all have that significant of a role. You don't have to go to med school or seminary. We are called to a life of faith. And when God says, you need to do this for me, Sue, I will use it to save a life. We better be ready to say yes. There are no small acts of obedience. All take faith. And the Bible says that when we are faithful in the small acts, we get to be faithful in more. Now, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with that idea. Small is enough for me. I don't want to build an ark. Small is good. Let the spiritual giants tackle the big acts. But I don't have a right to call the shots for my own life because I'm a child of God. And neither do you. Someone was saying how uh, she was upset that her friend was willing to take a certain type of worldly spirituality, breathing exercises for anxiety, etc. And I said, well, the reason he's willing to do that is because that type of treatment does not ask anything of him, whereas following Christ asks everything of us. He gave us whole life, so we give our whole lives back in return. If you call yourself a child of God, you gave the right to your life over to God. It's not a matter of, will I follow the Lord? Rather, it's a given. And it's, where? Where will I follow him? When, when is the time to do this next step? And how? In what way do I follow him? A life of faith means we answer, yes, Lord, before he even finishes his sentence. Oswald Chambers wrote in My Utmost for His Highest Devotional, and it's one of my favorites, get into the habit of saying, speak, Lord, and life will become a romance. Saving lives is the greatest romance. Obedient faith can save a life, and complete faith is shown by complete obedience. In John chapter 2, we see the first miracle of Jesus turning water into wine. Jesus did the miracle, but it took faith based on obedience. Something we don't think about is all this interaction between his mom and the servants. In John 2 verse 5, Mary told the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. 
Jesus told them to fill the empty wine jars with water, of all things. Wouldn't you have wanted to argue? Are you kidding, Mary? This is going to be so embarrassing for the host. I'm responsible for this. Serving water to the guests when they are expecting wine. And besides, maybe they could get sick from that water. But we don't read about any arguing. They just did it. And God did the miracle. That's such a conviction for me. I just need to obey and God will do the miracle. I was asking my uh, new neighbor over by herself and her family on a fairly regular basis for about two and a half years. I didn't give up altogether, but I just thought she didn't like me. And last Sunday, <laughs> it was such a beautiful thing. She got baptized. And uh, that was a process. It was a process. Two and a half years of inviting. Then she came to a Bible study. Then she met Jesus. And she started going to this cool church. And it was a beautiful thing. Did I do a miracle? Heavens, no. All I did was invite her and leave the results with God. God did the miracle. Jesus' mother, Mary, had faith that her son not only had the power to do the job, but also the desire to do the miracle. The servants had faith enough to obey a complete stranger. We might feel like a stranger to Christ, like these servants were, or we may feel intimate with him like Mary. Most likely, we are somewhere in between. But both relationships take obedience you don't wait until you are a better Christian to start obeying. Obeying makes you a better Christian. You don't wait until you're more mature as a believer to begin obeying. We obey the moment we believe in him. And then continue in that obedience the rest of our lives. And the more we obey what he tells us to do, the deeper our faith will become. A great book title by Eugene Peterson is A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. Isn't that beautiful? A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. kind of makes me cry because it really is a picture of our whole life of faith because sometimes the obedience seems very long. But as long as we're headed in the same direction towards God, we're, we're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. It's not blind faith because we're looking at Jesus who lived on this earth, died and was raised again, and was seen by at least 500 people. We are going in the same direction, pleasing God, walking by faith. Remember Mary's simple words, do whatever he tells you to do. Complete trust in God means complete obedience. The disciples were in a boat. When Peter saw Jesus, he called out, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And so Jesus said, come. Now, I don't know about you, but I consider that in the category of big faith. First, Peter checked to see if it were Jesus. It's not worth stepping out on faith if it's not God himself you're obeying, is it? So Peter checked. He was smart. Jesus said, come, it's me. And out of the boat, Peter came. If Peter had seen Christ and heard his command to come and then didn't come, he would have never experienced God's power firsthand. That's another good reason to obey. We have to step out of the boat to know God better. Anne Graham Lott said this, When it comes to experiencing God, 
I have to choose him at all costs. I have to be willing to step out of the boat at all costs in order to discover firsthand his power enabling me to walk on the water. We miss out on a chance to know God if we stay in the boat after he's told us to come. Another good definition of faith is doing what God says and trusting him with the results. Next time we'll be talking about what it means to trust him when we don't really see what's going on. I'd love to hear how you are growing in your faith. Leave a comment um, on the blog or on Instagram or wherever you listen to this. And please leave a review if you would or share it with someone if you think it would be helpful to their walk of faith. Thanks so much for joining me today. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.